0: Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, who has looked with favor on me, a lowly servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed, For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy, the name of the Lord, whose mercy is for the God-fearing from generation to generation. The arm of the Lord is filled with strength, scattering the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has helped Israel, the Lord's servant, in remembrance of mercy, according to the promise God made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. The gospel of the Lord. Praise. Praise to you, Lord. Blessed be the Holy Trinity one God. Amen. How many of you would say that you have a complicated relationship with your mother? You may be sitting by your mom right now and won't raise your hand. (laughs) Plenty of people talk about their mothers, well, and their fathers for that matter, in therapy. Some mothers are smothering. Others critical. Others distant. The most famous mother in history, Mary, the mother of Jesus. And Lutherans and Protestants in general, well, we have a complicated relationship with Mary. We love her in our nativity sets at Christmas. We love her sweet lullabies sung to her son. But we also remember the Reformation's appropriate warning. She is not God. So there's just something inside us, this Protestant Mary meter, that I call it, that goes off when we hear about prayers to Mary, or rosaries, or apparitions, or things that we don't understand. Give us Jesus only, please. Except. Except for 2,000 years, the vast majority of Christians have had a deep devotion to Mary. Our Protestant Mary minimalism is a, well, it's a minority opinion. Luther called Mary Mother of God and wrote of her with much affection and reverence. And I must tell you that the more I delve into history and spirituality and diverse cultures, the deeper my own devotion to the Blessed Mother. And for a Lutheran church, we have several icons of her. Blessed Mary is mentioned first among the faithful departed at the conclusion of the prayers. All generations will call me blessed, we hear in today's gospel. And so this church observes the Sunday nearest August 15th as a feast day for Mary Now, for Roman Catholics, the feast is the Assumption of Mary. And for Orthodox, it's called the Dormition of Mary, her falling asleep. On our recent trip to the Balkans to see, well, only at 63 churches and monasteries, (laughs) I was struck by Mary's significance to Eastern Christians. Scenes from the life of Mary are on the walls of the churches. And some of those stories we don't know. They're from apocryphal books, traditions from the first four centuries after Christ. One, the Dormition, or Falling Asleep of Mary, pictured on the bulletin cover and also on this icon. The apostles are filled with love and devotion as they gather around Mary at her death and as she is raised to heavenly glory. But then there's this mysterious, image at the top of the icon, Jesus receiving the soul of his mother at her death, a tender reversal of the icons with Mary holding Jesus. Well, I'm sure you've noticed that Mother's Day, Mother's Day in May, that is, doesn't get a lot of attention in liturgical churches. Maybe this is our Mother's Day when we celebrate Mary as Mother of God, Mother of the Church, Mother of the Living, and Mother of those on the margins. Let's start with Mary as Mother of God. When the Church in the 5th century declared Mary as Theotokos, the God-bearer, it was making an important theological point about the incarnation of Jesus. So early Christian antiphons speak of Mary's womb as the shrine the shrine that holds the Lord of heaven and earth. Mary's very body becomes the container of the uncontainable God, as Eastern Christians put it. But Mary is also mother of the church. We sing of her as the first disciple, the one who says yes to God's yes, the one who opens her life to mystery who opens her life to the unknown, who opens her life to be a vessel of her people's hopes and dreams. But in a part of all of this that this church loves, we sing the song of Mary the Magnificat and proclaim that Mary is the mother of those on the margins. There is an image of Mary from Central America with the title Madres de los Desaparacidos, meaning Mother of the Disappeared. Mary is shown with dark skin and represents mothers mothers of those who have been kidnapped and killed. And we know of so many on this continent who have a devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe. We remember the words of the Magnificat. You have cast down the mighty from their thrones. You have lifted up the lowly, Mary sings. And as one author puts it, Mary is the fierce tigress of justice. One of us for us. He goes on to say, she doesn't support a privileged white ego. She is best pictured as a black Madonna who creatively the creatively erotic earth mother who keeps her promise to guide and protect our planet. Now Christians through the ages have turned to Mary in times of great love and sorrow, recalling her loss, her broken heart at the foot of the cross. Following the Asian tsunami in 2004, in which 230,000 were killed, folk singer Eliza Gilkison wrote a requiem song of comfort addressed to Mary. There's a choral version by the group Conspirare that brings tears to my eyes as it expresses a tender prayer on behalf of a wounded, suffering humanity. Mother Mary, full of grace, awaken. All our homes are gone, our loved ones taken, taken by the sea. Mother Mary, calm our fears, have mercy. Drowning in a sea of tears, have mercy. Maybe some of our complication with Mary is that we reduce her to a historical figure. But you see, Mary, through history, is also an archetype of the divine feminine. Clarissa Pinkola Estes has spent many years gathering and sharing stories of the divine feminine across religions and cultures. In her book, Untie the Strong Woman, she writes, she is known by many names and many images and has appeared to many in different epochs of time to people across the world. She wears a 1,000 names, thousands of skin tones, Thousands of costumes to represent her being patroness of deserts, mountains, stars, streams, oceans. If there are more than six billion people on earth, then thereby she comes to us in literally billions of images. Well-known writer, well-known spiritual writer Richard Rohr adds that we are terribly imbalanced. And we are witnessing an immense longing for relational, mutually empowering feminine qualities at every level of society, from our politics to our economics, in our psyche, our cultures, our patterns of leadership, our theology, all of which have become too warlike, competitive, individualistic. The great mother, in all its guises, is a gift sorely needed. But what does Mary have to do with my life, you ask? I heard of a church where the question of who would play Mary Mother, Mother Mary, in the annual children's Christmas pageant consumed the girls and even the parents for months before the parts were announced. Parents would take brownies to the pageant director to bribe her. And it got pretty complicated, actually. And there were always a lot of broken-hearted little girls who got relegated to play sheep and stars. So one year, the director had an idea Let all the girls play Mary. They were all beside themselves with joy. When those parts were announced, they jumped up and down. When the pageant came, down the aisle walked 16 Marys, clutching little baby Jesus dolls, to the great bafflement of an awkward Joseph standing (laughs) at the front of the church. Mary is mother of all the living. Yet through baptism, God calls all of us to be mothers as well. Everybody gets to be Mary. We are all full of grace, all highly favored, all called to be God-bearers, bringing to birth justice and joy in our world or in a quote that Bo shared with me this morning from Master Eichhardt, we are all called to be mothers of God because God is always needing to be born. So whether we have been mothers or not, whatever our gender, whatever our complicated relationship with our mothers, like Mary, at our falling asleep, And at our death, God promises to bring us to the glory of our eternal home.